Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. Today is Thursday, the 4th of August, and I realize uh, that this show is airing a little bit late. I'm going to give you guys an election recap, some of my thoughts moving forward and what I think the Lord has in store for his people as we get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, so the, today's going to be a different a different show. And I saved this day. So tomorrow, actually, we're going to be doing something different for the next several days. Uh, my husband and myself and some of our kids are going to get out of Dodge, so to speak. We're going to take a little bit of a break. It's been 18 months since we've had any kind of a, of a break from a very, very hectic schedule for the last year and a half. Um, but we saved today's podcast so that I could come on on Thursday morning and give you guys an update. So here's the the brief update on on my run for Congress as it stands right now. So Washington State is a mail-in ballot only. We don't have in-person voting. I know a lot of you are gasping right now. It actually it is pretty horrifying and it's not very fun to vote this way. It's much more exciting and frankly more honest, I think, when we can go to the polls and vote. But we don't do that here in Washington State and so it takes quite a while we're used to this. It, it can take several days for election results to come in. And as of last night, we had several people from the campaign just over to our house and we were just sitting around talking. And I really have the most wonderful people that have worked with me for the last year and a half, really, on on this, uh, on this the campaign. But anyway, we were over last night and when everybody left, there were still, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of 61 out, 61,000 outstanding ballots in Clark County alone that had not been tabulated. They're trying to verify signatures uh, and all the things. And so, frankly, it's faster when people vote in person to show ID because they just know that you are who you are. <laughs> and so the way that they do it now, it just takes a long, long time. And so I'm currently sitting in fourth place, uh, but it's they're pretty tight margins. And when you consider that I was running against a 10-year incumbent and a guy who got the uh, the endorsement of Donald Trump, uh, and I'll talk about that in a minute, we've done it extraordinarily well. So as of last night, I think I had over 20,000 votes, um, which is incredible given the fact that especially my my main opponent, a guy named, uh, his last name's Kent, you know, for months has been telling people she's rank, you know, she's ranking at 1% of the polls. She's not going to get any votes at all. Well, uh, he was wrong. Very wrong, actually. And so that part is, um, it's encouraging. I'll go back. I want to go back to the beginning of this and remind you why I got into this in the first place. And you have to know that, um, and I think this is true for anyone, and I've, I've said this all over, the, all over the, the district as I've been traveling and speaking and, and learning, you know, what it takes to run for office. And it, it's a, it's a lot of work. It takes courage to just put your name on a ballot. But I knew that God was asking me to do this. And I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I know the sound of his voice. And I've told you guys, I think, you know, for those of you who are new to the show, you know, our whole family, like we, pray, we prayed about this. There was consensus in our family, all seven of our kids and uh, our extended family. We've had a lot of support inside our family and our family's actually doing great. And I think there's a grace over it. You know, there's there's grace when we do what God wants us to do. It doesn't mean that it's easy. And so I don't want to I don't want to to miss uh, 
you know, to misrepresent, you know, grace, grace doesn't mean that even that you get the the outcome necessarily that you want, but there is a protection, um, a forgiveness, a tenderness, you know, um, that comes, I think, when God asks you to do something. It's like the peace that the Bible says passes understanding. So the the world looks at the peace that's over me right now, for example, or the, over our family and can kind of marvel at it. And it doesn't mean that we don't have our moments, right? It just means that the Lord has been really kind to us and to the people that have worked on the campaign. So I'm sitting, like I said, I'm sitting in, in fourth place right now against the 10-year incumbent. Uh, I call this the incumbent protection program. You know, that's one of the most powerful things about being an incumbent is you have, you know, name ID. So a lot of people that maybe wouldn't even study the candidates just go, well, I voted for this girl last time and I'll vote for her again. She's a safe bet. And and so they just automatically, they're going to be a huge segment of the population that's going to vote for the incumbent, no matter how much uh, a lot of people might be frustrated with her. The next person is the, the Democrat and people go, oh my goodness, look at how many votes the Democrat has. Well, she does have a lot of votes, but if you... If you add up all of, there were a lot of people in the race. It wasn't just me and the incumbent and the Portland Democrat that got Donald Trump's endorsement. There are several other people. And if you add up all of those votes, I think the Democrat's going to lose soundly against a Republican in the November election. And so we we knew that probably, because the, Demo- the Democrats are going to vote for Democrat. Apparently, they don't mind that our country's, you know, absolutely circling the drain right now. They don't mind high inflation and open borders and wokeism, which is just infecting this country like a disease. And so they're just going to vote. They're, that's what they're going to vote for. And that's what they did. And so we expected that. But what I really want to focus on today, just for the next couple of minutes, is where we go from here. You know, regardless of, so like I said, 61,000 votes in Clark County alone, the, the race could change. I've seen it shift. So we don't actually know who's going to win this thing. Uh, I do think the Democrat will be uh, in the top two. So it's a top two jungle primary in Washington state. So it, it theoretically, it could be two Democrats. It could be two Republicans. I think it's going to be a Democrat and a Republican, uh, likely the incumbent and a Democrat. And as I said to you guys at the beginning, I mean, the Lord has had me on a, on a journey these past 18 months. And I'm going to write about it at some point, um, start to put my thoughts down on paper. And I'm probably going to focus on the role of the church and our campaign. I mean, we contacted probably 300 churches to say, hey, uh, would you guys be willing to have, you know, forums at your church? Would you be willing to let candidates come and speak? And the vast majority of them said no. And this is a huge, huge, huge problem. Jesus called us to be salt and light. And what we're seeing in the modern church is fear, a fear of losing their 501c3, a fear of getting, quote, political. But policy is determined by politics. It starts there, right? Politics determines who who sits in office, who writes legislation, who makes the rules, who shuts the country down, right? Politics determines policy and policy shapes a nation and the church better get involved. And I have been, I mean, just crying out to the Lord for these past 18 months at the lack of involvement. There are very, very few Rob McCoys in this country, very, very few Jack Hibbs, uh, there just are. There are very few pastors 
who would be who are willing to step into the gap. And I'm not even talking about endorsing anyone. I'm talking about opening the eyes of the people that sit in the pews every week and think that it's their job is done because they sat in church and they're hidden, you know, behind the four walls of the church. And so one of the things I really appreciated, for example, about Rob McCoy, because he ran, you guys know, the successfully for the mayor of Thousand Oaks as a pastor, got really involved in his community. Why? Because he cares about the community. And he allowed anybody to come and make a presentation to his church. It could be a Democrat. It could have been Republican. It could have been anybody running for office. It gives the people an opportunity to ask questions and listen to the policy positions and try to get a read on the people that are running for office. And I am so sad at the the state, the condition of the church, absolutely in Washington state, but around the country, because I think what what we see in Washington state with the church absolutely refusing to engage at all is the rule rather than the exception. And that needs to change. And I think part of the reason why God asked me in the race was to wake up the church. And I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to continue to speak out about why the church needs to be involved in the policy that is shaping the nation. And and to be fair, to be clear, we're not talking about injecting Christianity into it. We're not talking about a theocracy. We're not talking about a state-sanctioned religion. We're talking about God's people listening to the Lord and voting and, and, and doing their homework and being Bereans about issues that are going to directly affect, as Jefferson called it, the rising generation. So my grandchildren are going to be directly affected by the people that are in sitting in office right now who are making decisions for them. And so if that doesn't, you know, the church should be motivated. You know, we're supposed to be salt and light. And that's my my biggest takeaway right now is that our, our church is in a state of, I would call, disrepair. So if I'm Nehemiah and I'm looking at the walls uh, around the city that should have been fortified walls, and Nehemiah, right, looks at the walls around the, around Jerusalem and he weeps for how unprotected they are. And in, in such disrepair, that's how I feel about the church right now. You know, I weep for the condition of the church in this country. And I'm going to be asking the Lord, you know, Father, what do you, where do you want me to go from here? I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, you guys, I'll be right back. Are you homeschooling your kids? Well, I want to recommend the Institute for Excellence in Writing. If you are looking for a course that's going to breathe life into teaching language arts to your kids, IEW is for you. It's comprehensive. It includes writing, grammar, and vocabulary. And I want to encourage you to check out IEW's Fix-It Grammar, and it's been integrated with structure and style for students. This is broken down into achievable steps that are going to give your students success. Try it for free for three weeks at IEW.com forward slash Heidi. So as we survey the landscape from the from the position of, of people that know the Lord and the lack of discernment, that's the other thing, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but I want to I focus on Jesus' words in, in Matthew 5. This is something that our pastor at the church that I go to in Camas, my husband and I, our family has been attending Radiant Church in Camas for, I don't know, eight years or so. Uh, and they're going through Matthew 5 and they've been, teaching the church about being salt and light. And I was actually really, really proud of the, the pastoral staff there and the elder board, you know, encouraging people to vote and talk, talking to the church about the importance of it. If you go out into the, 
the lobby at our church is a giant display and it just says, you know, you are the salt of the earth. And in this display are several ways that they can be salt. One of those ways is voting. And so they have information on voting. They, they, they talk about the candidates and how to get information on the candidates. What's amazing is that they're, they're doing it right. Churches can, can say, hey, get involved. Here are the people that are running. Learn to see the people that are running for office through a biblical lens. And that's correct, right? So Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, but a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they might see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. This is Jesus explaining to the people that their job is to actually be salt and light. And the church has woefully uh, has spoken to this issue in such a, um, a wrong-headed way, I think for a very, very long time, right? Goes back to the 501c3 status and people, you know, being afraid that they're going to lose their 501c3 status if they engage in the political realm. And to that, I say, you know, woe to you who do not understand Jesus' command of being salt and light. And if you're worried about losing your 501c3 status, and let's be honest about it, this is a, uh, a tax shelter. So when a church says, well, we're a 501c3, so we can't talk about, what, about, in, about that, you know, and I put the word that in air quotes, what they're really saying is, hey, we want the money more than we care about uh, influencing the culture. And it's, it's shameful, honestly. And so for all the churches that we attempted to get a hold of and just said, hey, would you guys get involved? Hey, could we, you know, could Heidi come and just introduce herself and let, you know, more often than not, we heard, oh, no, 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 we're not, you know, we're not doing that. And uh, I have to just scratch my head and say, wow. And, you know, this is a huge part of the reason why we're in the trouble uh, that we're in. So that's my my big, big takeaway for the church. And I'm going to take it before the Lord because we have to do better. We've got to do better than this. The other thing I, I really noticed, and this is something that God's been, you know, working on me about uh, on September 1st of last year, uh, Donald Trump endorsed one of my opponents. This is a guy who has absolutely no history at all of voting for conservative values. He's a, a 10-year-long Democrat in Portland, votes for Bernie Sanders in the 2020 election, comes up with a lie about why he did it to help Donald Trump. So this guy was like, yeah, yeah, I voted for Bernie so I could help Trump in, in 2020. It makes no sense to me. And but, but, he, but he got the endorsement of Donald Trump, who has a history of bad endorsements. So I'm a huge fan of Trump as a president, as many of you know. I voted for him in 2016. I voted for him in 2020. Um, he's just a man, right? And so the other thing that I noticed in the Republican Party, and this is another thing that's very, very alarming to me, is that so as soon as Trump makes an endorsement, they don't care who he endorsed. I mean, he could have endorsed Mickey Mouse and everybody would have gotten mouse ears. And you would have known, you know, who were the Trumpians because they'd be wearing mouse ears for the next, you know, 12 months because they didn't care about the policies of the person that Trump endorsed. They only cared that Trump endorsed him. And Trump endorsed Mitt Romney. He gave money to Kamala Harris. He endorsed uh, 
John McCain. This guy has a, a terrible record of endorsements. He endorsed Mehmet Oz over Kathy Barnett in the state of Pennsylvania, thereby costing conservatives that election. And therefore, and, and so after that endorsement came down, uh, we knew, my campaign knew at that point, this is going to be an uphill fight. This is going to be hard because now we're going against a 10-year incumbent and we're going against a guy who's going to use the the uh, the Trump organization megaphone for the next you know, nine months, which is exactly what he did. And, and I learned, I, I think for me, you know, being such a huge fan of Trump, uh, I guarantee you, you know, I've seen a lot of things just in my own life. I'm like, man, I, I need to be, you know, more careful because what's happened is we we're, we become as conservatives, the party of a personality rather than the party of policy. We should be driven by principle, not personality. We should be driven by policy over, over personality and the lack of discernment. And it, it actually, frankly, is heartbreaking because as the, the results are coming in, you know, this guy, Trump's endorse, this endorsement, who had, you know, all of this uh, megaphone behind him, Tucker Carlson got behind him, you know, because Trump and uh, there's a local radio show, talk show host here who is tremendously influential and this guy has gone on his show and basically tried to ruin me for the last probably three or four months, you know, calling me a pathological liar. He's put out articles about me that were patently false. Uh, this guy, and I said this on a, on a Facebook Live the other day, you know, I'm discovering that there are voices that do not care. I, I wonder how many other people this talk show host has ruined with his slander because he had an agenda. And so, you know, here I'm up against, the, you know, this, this guy who's got all this endorsement and all the things, and yet we, we actually did very well on election night. And like I said, there's still, you know, it can go, there's a hundred different ways that it can go right now. But I learned a lot. And again, uh, to my astonishment, you know, we are, our whole team, there's maybe 500 people just praying with us and fasting. And you guys, this was always about obedience for me. It was never about an outcome. It was always about doing what God asked me to do. And if you read the scriptures, you know, look what happened to Job. Here's this guy who loved the Lord and followed the Lord. And what happened? He lost his family. He lost, he lost everything. And the, the uber religious people of his day mocked him. They mocked him for it. And even his wife, you know, curse God and die, right? But Job was obedient and faithful to the Lord. There's a story in, in Judges, uh, I think, I believe 17, so several battles that the Israelites faced that God asked them to go into battle and they did not win. They lost those battles. And in the middle of losing those battles, they rended their, you know, they would rend their garments and cry out to the Lord, God, did we hear you? Did you ask us? And it's, um, you know, I watch people online, you know, making fun of me for praying, Christians actually, you know, making fun of me for praying and making fun of us for getting into the race. I saw one person say, you know, Heidi said that she she was going to get into the race. Great, good job, Heidi. You know, uh, now we're going to lose. Uh, maybe not. You know, our job is to obey the Lord. And I have been, I got into this race as a first-time candidate expecting to run against a Democrat. And what I discovered is that the viciousness and the the uh, the cruelty is really in in the party on, you know, Republican on Republican in the, in the political uh, realm. And so they just tore each other apart. 
And so fascinating to me as I as I've watched this thing unfold. And like I said, I mean, I've written down a lot of things that the Lord's teaching me, and He's you know showing me some things about myself that I I want to do better in. But overall, you know, looking back on this and knowing that I did what God asked me to do, and I said this at our uh, uh, our Tuesday night primary night event that we held, which had about three hundred people at it. It was a wonderful, wonderful celebration. We won when we obeyed. And I think that's what I want you guys to hear. You win when you obey. God asks us to to listen to his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And we walk this out in obedience. You know, and I, I, we knew, like I told you guys, as soon as, as you know, Trump fancies himself kind of a, a bit of a, a kingmaker right now, right? And he's putting his finger on elections all over the country. And he's frankly causing all kinds of problems in primary elections. And as I look back on it now, and I I realize that um, we've got a lot of work to do. And we don't have a lot of time in which to do it. And so we need voices of of reason, voices of truth uh, to come forward. And... I'm I'm hoping that more people, that people that were, are listening to this, that they've watched me win or lose, however this thing shakes out. Christians have got to get engaged. We've got to be. We've got to want what God wants. That God loves the people of this country, and that we we win and lose elections. Yes, by our involvement in them, and we want to be um, active in the community, but also we want to grow in the Lord. And our churches right now have many, in many ways, have lost their voice. We have a, a serious lack of discernment inside the church right now. And I'm not sure where we go from here, but I know for me and for our family, as Joshua said, is for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We'll continue to serve the Lord. And uh, Jay and I was talking to my 11 year old daughter the other night because she's like, Mom, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to run for next? And I looked at her and I was like, Sailor, haven't you had enough? <laughs> you know, aren't you? She, and she said, she said, well, there were parts of it that were really hard, but she said, mom, I, I think you're pretty good at this. <laughs> and I thought, I looked at Jay and I thought, man, I, you know, that's the Lord, you know, that, that our family, like I said, is, is actually doing great. So one more thing I wanted to address before I go today, you know, a lot of people say, you know, what are you going to do after this? What are you going to do after this? I'm going to continue doing what I've always done. I consider myself to be so blessed by the Lord to be able to have a voice in our community. To I have a, a, a wonderful family, a thriving marriage. The Homeschool Resource Center just registered 1,700 students for the next school year. We are going to continue to be salt and light in the culture wherever God leads us. And so I'm in that regard, I do not feel... Uh, I'm, I'm too blessed to be bitter. <laughs> I guess maybe that's, you know, I don't feel bitter at all. I've learned a lot. There's a lot of immaturity in the church right now. Um, I think the Republican Party in many, many, many ways has lost its way. When we become the party of personality and, and, and uh, over policy and principle comes in second place next to personality, we've, we've lost our way. And I'm going to be asking God what he wants me to, to do. You know, do, am, I, am I voice? Do I speak into this? I don't know. I'm going to find out. But what I hope more than anything is that my run has encouraged you 
run for school board, run for city council, um, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. I have met so many amazing people in the last year and a half, wonderful people who are for the first time engaging. And in fact, I I asked everybody at the uh, primary night event on Tuesday night, I said, how many of you, this is your very, very first time being involved in a primary? And I would say over 60% of the people in that room. And I got to talk to people that night who were telling me, listen, for the first time ever, I'm, I'm putting my name in the hat. I'm going to run for city council. I'm going to get on a school board. You know, I'm going to run for commissioner. I'm going to run for Congress. I'm going to run for a state seat. That's what we're actually supposed to be doing. And that encourages me greatly. We have wonderful, wonderful people on our, our campaign uh, staff. I could not be more thankful for them. We've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. We've cried together. We've rejoiced together. We've seen the underbelly, really, of the political world. Um, early on in the campaign, um, you know, my main opponent sent information out that was just patently false, you know, that I had, you know, that I'm involved in sex scandals, that our business had been closed because we didn't pay our taxes, that I'd filed bankruptcy. All these things were lies. And I, I learned that, you know, a lie can get around the world uh, twice before the truth has a chance to get its shoes on. And you have to just be committed to staying in there. So if you guys are thinking about getting into uh, a race, whatever race, expect to be lied about. This is the, literally is the realm. And a pastor friend of mine said this to me when I announced my run for Congress. He said, man, Heidi, you've just stepped into the realm of the demonic. And it is. And there are a lot of Christians who uh, look at it and go, hey man, I don't, I don't want to do that. And there's a good reason for it. But when we obey the Lord, we're not assured of a victory. We are assured of a blessing. There's a blessing that comes from walking in obedience to the Lord. And a lot of that is just the peace that the Bible says passes understanding. It's knowing, hey, I did what God asked me to do. And I'm so thankful. There have been many, many, many of you listening to the show who have prayed for our family and for the campaign. And you know, at the time of this recording, so today is Thursday, right? Thursday morning. Uh, it's not over. And we may not even, it may not even be over till Saturday. And I'll, I'll probably come back on at some point. Maybe I'll do Facebook Live when it's all, when it's over. But I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for your prayers. We felt them for, for the many, many, many of you that, uh, donated to the campaign, which really helped us get a message out there. And we were fighting hard because we're fighting against, you know, uh, insurmountable, unbelievable odds. And we ran a great campaign. Uh, and I am I'm proud of the the job that we did, proud of the work that we did, uh, proud of the people that we worked for. It's so thankful for you guys for supporting us, for loving us, and for praying for us. There's power in it. And like I said before, at the very beginning, I'm I'm okay. My identity is not wrapped up in this thing. It never was. I know who I am. I'm a daughter of the King of Kings. I'm a, a wife for 33 years to my favorite human being on the planet. I have wonderful kids and wonderful grandkids. Our daughter Sierra just got engaged last week, which is really exciting. We've welcomed uh, uh, a new grandson into our family. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I'm going to continue to be a voice for freedom and a voice for the church and a voice for uh, families. That's what God's asked me to do in whatever sphere he calls me. That's where I will be. That's where our family will be at the front lines of this thing. And I hope that you guys, as you're listening to this, uh, hear that in my voice, that I, I want you to be encouraged that God is at work. And I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before, that he will wake up the pastors in this, in this country, that they will begin again to be salt and light. And they will realize that Christians belong in every sphere of influence. We belong in medicine. We belong in education. We belong in entertainment. Uh, we belong in politics. 
That is how we're salt and light. It's, it's getting out of the four walls of the church and actually being the hands and feet of Jesus uh, to a lost to a lost world. And so for the next several days, you guys are going to hear reruns. I will likely come on at some point after this is decided and or you'll hear about it. So watch my Facebook pages and uh, things like that. But for the next several days, we've already sort of predetermined we're going to play some of my favorites. I think we're doing uh, three traits of false teachers. We're doing five reasons why homeschooling is awesome with my friend Zan Tyler. I'm going to be talking about secrets of being a happy warrior. And then I'm going to replay the most popular, most downloaded episode that we have ever recorded here at the show, which was when I uh, I talked about yoga. Because you guys know I used to I used to practice yoga at all the yoga apps on my phone. I met this amazing woman at an event that I was speaking at, and she challenged me. And I went to God's word, and I was really convicted about the practice of yoga in my own life. I brought her on, I ruffled a whole lot of feathers, but I think we also woke a lot of people up. So that'll air probably next Thursday and Friday. And you guys uh, prepare to be uh, exhorted and encouraged. We want to live the way God wants us to live. That's what this is all about. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for your support over these last 18 months. And uh, we want what God wants. So I'm going to close this out in prayer today. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity that you give us all to represent you as your ambassadors. I just I just think of the Apostle Paul, you know, uh, the disciples who obeyed you, and one could argue that their lives didn't end very well. These were not men who were blessed with prosperity. Many of them were martyred for their faith in you. And Jesus, you know, you obeyed the Father, and he, he took you to the cross. And so, Lord, as we consider what it looks like to walk in obedience today, I pray that you'd fill us with courage. That we'd reminded that you don't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to walk that out in whatever sphere we have. Lord, wake up your people. Get us away from the, the walls of our churches, from the safety of our churches, from pastors who hide behind pulpits. Lord, instead of, uh, instead of affecting the culture. And, uh, and Lord, I pray that, that our gospel would be first a saving gospel of what it means to actually uh, be born again. And that that faith would then result in a care for those around us. In whatever sphere that is, Lord, for the people who are listening saying, hey, you know, I want to I homeschool my kids. I'm going uh, to be a better mom or a better dad going forward. I'm going to love my family better. Uh, help us to walk with you. Lord, I just thank you for every person that's listening to this show. And uh, I pray that you continue to bless it and grow it in, in, uh, in influence and help us to get off the bench, Lord, and onto the battlefield. Help us to be salt and light. We love you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and we bless you. And we pray that our lives would bring you glory in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you guys for listening today. I appreciate it. We love you so much. And I will be back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.